0: The first lesson for today is from acts chapter 9. it may be helpful to set a little bit of context that in the early christian church they quickly ran into trouble Uh, after the day of pentecost there were persecutions that broke out and in the start of chapter 9 you hear about paul uh, the the one that god had changed from persecutor to preacher and apostle as one who was making murderous threats against believers at that time. But eventually he was changed and there's a time of peace and Peter and some other apostles were able to visit scattered, persecuted believers who had been moved out of Jerusalem into Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Just as Jesus said they would be his witnesses. So now we have Peter In Joppa, and we get to meet a disciple named Tabitha, and Joppa is on the coast of the Mediterranean, one of those port cities if you go downhill from Jerusalem to to the sea. Listen in as this account shows us Tabitha, a disciple of the Lord and the life she had in Christ. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. In Greek, her name is Dorcas. She was always doing good and helping the poor. About that time, meaning about that time that Peter was in Lydda, which is a nearby town, she became sick and died, and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Lydda was near Joppa, so when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydda, They sent two men to him and urged him, Please come at once. Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the widows stood around him, crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Peter sent them all out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and prayed turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called for the believers, especially the widows, and presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. The word of the Lord. Christ is risen. You listen to that hymn or the gospel for today, or really 1 John as well, and just feel scripture, hear it wrapping its arms around you, that his words would be the wallpaper on your walls, that his will, that his commands, that his life would just be this monument and testimony that is ever in front of your eyes. And it's like your entire vision. It's, it, it's your entire life. Um, repeat after me. For me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. It's all right there. For me to live is this. I'm ever seeing it. I'm looking at you through my fingers. (laughs) I'm looking at you through the lens of the love of God. I see you and see how he sees you. I see how warmly Scripture is wrapped its forgiving arms, those merciful hands, those sacrificial death of my Savior. He says, this, this is love. Do you see it? It's the cross. He, he just lights it right up in front of your eyes. This, this is love now, love. This is love now love, right? It's right there. The cross, snail mark, in his hands that, that you would live. Easter that you would live because of me it's right there isn't it repeat after me as for me in my house we will serve the lord words of joshua right we have words from paul and words from joshua that you have repeated back to me and both of them say that it doesn't matter how i am situated in the world i have a call from God, I, this is a good distinction to make. A call from God and His love to be loved first by God is my call. That God loves me and is my life. And then the calling as wherever God plugs me in in this world. So you grow up, and you think about what you like and what you don't like, what you want to do with your life or not do with your life, what classes you want to take, what trade you would like to learn, and you see yourself plugging in somewhere. I'm going to do a full circle, okay? Because there's so many options. 360 degrees of lives that you could live. And then maybe along the line, you learned of Jesus. And is that just another... Well, here I've got my this plugged-in part of life, and, and Jesus is just over here. Whenever I get there on Sunday morning, and then I go back to the other ways I'm plugged into the world, and Jesus is out of vision. That's not it, is it? But sometimes I think our training in Christianity remains something that can, can sort of sit on a shelf like like the chapter I finished, Right? like that that learning that i pocketed and i just sort of banked it and it's there in its spot but instead jesus says i am such a difference for you here and now in time and for eternity that i am your life that for me sounds like a creed doesn't it that for me to live is christ that's to live I'm still learning that. And I know you are too. That to live is Christ. Everything else is off the vine. For me to live is Christ. And then that's the call. And the calling is where God plugs me into that world. Right? Where God plugs me into that world. I don't want to be Un- unplugged from the vine as I go to work. I don't want to be unplugged from the vine as I converse in a relationship. I don't want to unplug from the vine as I cook a meal or do the laundry. I don't want to unplug from the vine as a mom. I don't want to unplug from the vine as a dad. I don't want to unplug from the vine as a in, in, worker among friends. Everything is the vine. <laughs> Everything is my opportunity. to Be his branch wherever he plugs me in however he sees fit. Now you have a home when you feel alone now you have a place before god ever in his presence and connected to him isolated however lowly your life feels however uncontributory to society it seems jesus says you're mine and i know where you are and i've got you plugged in let's bring this into acts chapter 9. in acts chapter 9 something is happening that sort of shouldn't be happening the church is suffering, this powerful Pentecostal church with the tongues of fire and speaking languages we didn't learn, and God is amazing that he is doing this and converting people here in the heart of Jerusalem, the place where Jesus died. And then they locked the apostles up. So an angel let them out of jail, <laughs> and they're out again and give a testimony to those chief priests and Pharisees one more time. And then there's this special guy who's got a real chip on his shoulder against those Christians. And in chapter 9, he's this great heavy persecutor. He was there when Stephen is stoned to death in Acts chapter 7. You know, he's got fire coming out of his ears if you say that name, Jesus, just one more time. Casting out murderous threats. Murderous threats. This is, this is the would-be Paul, right? Who's going to be an apostle for Jesus. He started as a threat maker and one who imprisoned Christians. Did that, is that the calling you expected? Do you think the early church said, hey, Pentecost, look at what God is doing and now we're going to just like go big guns for Jesus in the world and instead they're trying to be squished. They got all these enemies trying to, but it's like kneading the dough. You know what happened? Like it's pressing into this dough. It spread them out. Jesus had said, before he ascended, which is where we are, it's Thursday, wait for it. Before he ascended, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And they might have been going, yay! And then they had Pentecost, and we're going to be your witnesses, Lord, in the world. We're going to be branches on that vine. I can't wait. And then they got to feel the squish. Wait, this is what you meant? This is how we were going to go into Judea? Fleeing Jerusalem? These Christians were scattered. The dough was spread out as they went into Samaria, they went into Judea, they left Jerusalem because of the persecution that was happening there. Now you get into Acts chapter 9, and you have a little missionary tour of Peter as he's leaving Jerusalem and visiting pockets of Christians. And Lydda is downhill. You're heading west from Jerusalem towards the Mediterranean Sea. I have to. Here's the Mediterranean Sea, here's Jerusalem. You're going west. And you're, hit, you're going downhill on a common trail. You're hitting Lydda, and after Lydda on the coast is Joppa. And so here goes Peter, and just before this section, he was there, and he healed a paralytic named Aeneas um, in Lydda. And now we're introduced, Joppa, to a certain disciple. The first time the word disciple is used with a feminine ending for a she-disciple, <laughs> Tabitha. We get to meet Tabitha. Maybe this isn't the way you expected believers to be found in Lydda or Joppa under the, after the aftermath of persecution. But here she is. And because of it, Peter is around. And now we've got a story to tell. And I say it because when you read this account, I wonder what story sucks you in. Because Luke spends some time talking about Tabitha herself. And it's in a very warm and wonderful way. The same way... I hope that people would talk about us. She was always doing good and helping the poor. And if you could just pause with me and stand with Peter by Tabitha's washed dead body in the upper room after she had gotten sick and died and see the people who remembered this perhaps woman of means spent her time helping others because she loved them because she loved her lord you could see widow after widow going up to peter and maybe even the clothes that they're wearing saying yes yeah, she this is her handiwork did you hear that before and the widows came up to peter as he's there in the upper room around her dead body and they crying sobbing. They showed Peter the clothes she had made for them. This is what Tabitha made for me. I know that you connect with that. I know that when someone passes away in your life and goes to heaven, you celebrate, thanks be to God, what that person meant to me, what that person had done, what fruit they had borne as a blessing in my life. But you know what? At the end of this account, it's not raise a glass to Tabitha or thanks be to God she's alive again. It's and many believed in the Lord. Acts chapter 9 is telling a story that's bigger than Tabitha's A to Z. It's telling the story of Jesus who has no beginning and no end speaking to you a fruit that will last. So when you, when you connect to a story like this and see what was going on in Tabitha's life, you see that even for Tabitha, there was something bigger than just doing good. You're already introduced to a different motor inside her heart, a different motor inside a mother's heart, a different motor inside a loving heart. And that is first the love of God. She loved she loved her lord it was her lord that made those hands go back and forth with a needle it was her lord that moved her eyes attention to those often overlooked widows that she knew she could make clothes for it was her lord that drove that kind of fruit and that kind of testimony into other people's believing lives and all of that is a bigger picture isn't it than just me and my time and what I do for you and what you do for me. That that's like 360 view, making my choices and my decisions, and it's different. If it's different when I look at a Tabitha and I say, Tabitha, did you know that when you got sick and so sick that your Lottie couldn't take it anymore? So sick that you were going to walk that lonely little road of the valley of the shadow of death. Tabitha, did you know that when this death happened, yet it was going to be used by the Lord in this big story in Joppa for fruit that would last? So that people would say, surely this is a certain hope. Tabitha worshipped the Lord and she showed it in the way she gave and the way she sowed and the people who are crying at at. At her death, you could tell what she was all about. Was that some empty thing? Was that some in vain course because death took her anyway? No. Look at the power of her living God. Look at the testimony given to believers today that your investment in others, moved by God's investment in you, is no empty, vain thing. Our labor in the Lord is never in vain. And she stitched with that smile on her face and she was sick with the same smile. She rejoiced in her God on her good day, her health day, and on her sick bed. And here was a way for God to make a testimony in Joppa, another miracle done that would give validation to the message in the name of Jesus, not the name of Tabitha. Of his power at work in your life, of his purpose of getting you to heaven and giving you a life that is indestructible by death, that overcomes it. Let this be known in Joppa, there is a living God. That's the story we're reading today. Let it be known in your community that there is a living God. You know how you do it? By investing in the God things, the good things, the love things. And when you die, we're going to raise a glass to the living Lord. And we'll rejoice as you rejoice on your deathbed in the God who has overcome my sin and my dying in it. For Jesus' sake, that's my vine we're going to talk about at my funeral. You talk about my vine, not about me. That's what Tabitha was all about too. And it was the testimony given through Peter. And you see this whole bigger story at work. And what I hope that it does for you is that it does anchor you in that certain home that we have in our God. Because your heart is always being tempted by the 360 degree view of life. And you know what? 2020 could have been over here like this kind of year, and it was over here like that kind of year. And my week could have been a this kind of week, and instead it was a this one over here. And you're taking in all the view, and you're assessing, is this worth it? Is this good? Is this what I want? And now you can see a story that says, wherever you are, wherever I take that little branch for that specific fruit to be born, You are mine. You are home. Whether sick, whether dying, I am your life. It will never be taken from you. Curse be all the other idols, all the other I wish I hads, and I wish my life would turn into, and I sure hope that this is the outcome, a curse upon all of them. Lord, you are my purpose. Wherever you plant me, wherever you make this branch grow, or whatever I have to go through, may your love pour through me. May I take the opportunity to be a testimony, for surely that is a living testimony made loud and clear in Tabitha's life, and it was there to anchor you in your uncertain time Of a certain hope wherever it is. So spin your circles, dear Christians. Anchor yourself in that solid spot and pour yourself into every day, no matter what's on that plate. Doing it in the love of your Heavenly Father. This is a beautiful day. Christ is risen. (laughs) You got that right. And we get to live accordingly and plug ourselves in. Every last conversation, every last moment, every last calling with the call of God to be his child. Peter on his knees. He doesn't know if God's will is to raise that dead body or not, but he's on his knees saying, Lord, if you, if you, if you, if you, if you see, Lord, if you choose to, and he must have gotten an answer and he looked at her body and he said, Tabitha, get up. And he said it with confidence because he knew. And she opened her eyes, and she lived. And a beautiful testimony was made. There would still have been a testimony that was already made in the weeping hearts of those widows. They were treasuring the blessing of God in their hearts. She didn't have to come back to life. But she did, and God used it. There could have been another way. It's uncertain, except for the fact that he is a vine and you are a branch, and you will bear fruit, not any kind of fruit, fruit that's about him, fruit that lasts, fruit that speaks life, fruit that preaches eternity, fruit that lasts. God grant it for Jesus' sake. Amen.